Welcome to Wilco's Wealth Wisdom. Today, I'm very fortunate to have Christian Reese join us. Welcome, Christian. Thank you, Barry. It's great uh, to be here. Mate, uh, a former A-League player turned finance specialist. But to some of the listeners out there, there's some of the football fans that we do have. Mate, how many games in the A-League did you play? 200 games all up, including the old NSL and A-League. Uh, who was that with? Started uh, Adelaide City into Adelaide United and then Wellington Phoenix and finished my career with Gold Coast United before they went defunct in 2012, oh, which led me up a new pathway. Yeah, it's good fun. went into the finance pathway. Yeah, yep. Decided time to do a bit of study and finance and mortgage breaking was something that I was really interested in and I'm glad I, glad I pursued that path because it's very rewarding to be able to help families and clients to uh, achieve their goals and financial stability. Did you find some analogies between football and, and what you do now? in your everyday life as a finance broken out, what would they be? Oh, I mean, there's probably a fair few. Within football, you learn a lot of really good values and, you know, your discipline and work ethic. And for me, one big thing about uh, being a footballer is, is that team, being part of the team and, and supporting your team and, and working to achieve a goal together. I prefer that as opposed to being an individual and doing things yourself. So I treasure those moments of being a footballer and Taking that out into the finance world, it's about doing the right thing, working hard and achieving a goal, not just for yourself, but for your clients. So I really try and work hard at getting them the best result I can. And before we get into it, because we'll be covering refinancing today and some of the tips and tricks that, you know, you've been in the finance industry now for three years after retiring. I know prior to that, you were working with Clive. But before we get into that, what was one of the highlights of your career and you know, the, the gap between really elite and, you know, obviously where you found yourself. Yeah, I mean, there's a fair few highlights. Obviously, winning the A-League the very first year with Adelaide United was massive. That stands out as a huge achievement that, that I, I yeah. look back what year on. Was that? on Lou, that was 2007, 2006, 2007, the very first year. So Some team. Yeah, it was a great team. Speak to a lot of those players now and we've got great memories. So that's fantastic. I was lucky enough to have Romario as a teammate. He was he had a guest oh stint God, for man. four games with us in Adelaide. And for the was, listeners that don't know, that's Romario from Brazil. Correct, yeah. From the yeah. old 94 World Cup. Barca, 94 yeah. World Cup. Yeah. yeah, he was he was aging then, but he was fantastic. And when I was at Wellington, got to play against David Beckham, which was an experience. I only come up against him once on the pitch, but I tried to knock him off the ball and I bounced off him and he showed why he was <laughs> He's as not good a big as he boy. is. He is strong, strong as an ox, yeah. I remember you telling me about a ball that he played. You yeah. always talk to me about it being two football fans. Yeah. And I, can you just talk about that pass? Yeah, well, I was marking Landon Donovan, who was also a US international, and Beckham was playing the other side of the pitch, right midfield. I was a right centre back, and he, he hit one ball to Donovan, and it was like a laser, and I was like, oh, I'm going to cut the next one out. And it was scary at how accurate he was, and it just went straight into his path, Donovan's path, and... I managed to recover, but he didn't score Donovan, but I was just astounded at the ability that he had. And it just, you know, you talk about ability and work ethic and you could just see that Beckham had worked mm. tirelessly to be the best he could. And I was, you know, he was so impressed at, you know, his attitude and how he went about it. Yeah, it was, it was amazing. The, you know, like playing football, you just look at that elite status and, and you kind of underestimate what you see on TV when you see the likes of your Becks of the world. I remember playing against Finney Grella and, the, and, and myself, God, not even to the same stature as yourself, but you just look at that gap between 
good mm. and really good. Yeah. And then you got on top of him the likes of your Romarios. Mm. Yeah, it's you know? it's. I, I see it as your real fine margins. They mm. those boys do that that extra work. I, I put a lot of it down to work ethic, and there is a sort of the genetic side to it where these guys are just genetically. I think another level, but you talk to the people that have played at highest level and they always bring it back to the work ethic and how hard they worked. And they're some of the core values that I really appreciate that you sort of take from football and, and try to implement them in your everyday world. And that's sort of what I try to take into into what we do with, with SW as well. I mean, there was one thing, one of the guy, older guys used to say to me in football fraternity, and I didn't really quite understand it until you finish, luck is where opportunity meets preparation. You've got to front up. Keep going, keep going and, and not give up. Yeah. Because yeah. opportunities will present themselves. Definitely. And it's funny, you know, a lot of coaches I've had over the years have said, you know, half the battle is just showing up. So mm. I remember my early days of my career when I just turned professional and working hard. There were days where I was mentally struggling because senior boys would get on you and they don't hold back if if you're, you know, affecting the team and struggling. Mm. So There'd be times I would always have the attitude of working really hard and then slowly but surely you improve, you gain that respect of your teammates. And I always look back at on, on those days when I was first starting off as, you know, the hardest days within my career and life where it was hard to get out of the car sometimes to, to get it's ready for training, great. but you just had to, Shut I up. loved it so much. I just mm. kept going, kept going, and then slowly you improve and it just kicks on from there and you, all of a sudden you're winning balls and a little bit sharp, a little bit quicker and, yeah, that's where it goes. For some of the listeners out there, last year Christian received some fan mail that from a young – was it from a young lad? Yeah, young boy. Young boy his was – dad, he found a box of playing cards in his box and <laughs> sent good, it as nice. his mum sent a couple to me for yeah. his birthday. So that's really flattering and humbling at the same time yeah. to, to, to get stuff flatter like that. I was a little bit chuffed and – it means a lot. My son now plays and does well, and you can see how proud he is that his dad played. Yeah. And I try and instill all the same values and discipline. Good on you, mate. Yeah, it's good stuff. So, yeah. Well, mate, I know that uh, I love having you around, particularly for the football fraternity as well, because we're outnumbered in the office. Mate, I suppose if I can just kind of rip into it, you've been a broker for three years, and, and you, you know, you're, you're strong, a partner, partnership with SW Brokerage for the last three years that you've been dealing heavily in the, the refinancing market for people. And given where interest rates are likely to head over the next 18 months, 24 months, obviously on the way back down. So some of the things that people really need to be mindful of when they're looking at refinancing. So mate, why is refinancing so popular? Well, I guess now at the moment we've, we've gone through that period of the fixed rate, low period where we had fixed rates at 2%. There were some fixed rates sort of around the 1.89 mark. I've refinanced a few clients with that with purchases. There's been that period where the fixed rates are ending within sort of the two-year period. And quite simply, people's cash flow is going from certain level to a, a high level with the with the rates going back to sort of that 55 6 6%. So we're living in a world where cost of living seems to be getting higher and higher and people's cost of living is increasing. So with cash flow and refinancing, if we refinance certain loans and extend loan periods, that improves people's cash flow and in turn their cost of living. The average is about three and a half years that people tend to look at their mortgage. So when they've taken out a mortgage, it tends to be three years to three and a half years. What, what would be some of the things that you would find when it comes to refinancing? Is it just refinancing of the home loan? Are they debt consolidating, putting credit card, putting, you know, putting a car loan in? Mm -hmm. Are you finding a lot of that? Yeah, or with cost of living, people 
need new cars, they, they maybe struggle with cash flow, they have a credit card that they tend to use and then the interest starts to creep up and repayments get higher. So in regards to refinances, it's not necessarily just a home loan, but people may have a personal loan, a car loan, a credit card that's maxed out. They have the ability then to consolidate that debt, provided they've got equity in their current home, consolidate that debt into the home loan and reduce their, their repayments and in turn helps their cash flow. The ability, you know, the, the, the benefit to doing that is they may be able to set up a home loan with offset facilities where they can deposit those savings into those offsets and that in turn saves them interest charges on their home loan. So they may improve their cash flow and stretch out a, a 30-year loan term, but the savings they make, they can actually negate a lot of interest charges and, and, and reduce a, a home loan substantially. If refinancing is you going from one bank to another and you assessing your home loan interest rate. That's right. And then for people out there that have, because we've gone through a bit of a property boom over the last two or three years since COVID's finished, right? Mm -hmm. So anyone out there that's looking to deconsolidate like maybe a credit card, car loan and a home loan into your home loan? There is the, the possibility that you will pay slightly more interest if you consolidate that debt into the, the personal loans and credit cards into the home loan because you're stretching the home loan out to a 30-year period. So if someone took out a home loan five years ago mm -hmm. on a 30-year term, mm -hmm. they got 25 years left, you're, you're saying that a lot of people drag it back out to a 30-year term? Which Correct. is a really good point. Correct. So they have that opportunity to, uh, if they want you to drag it to a 30-year, they could keep it at a 25-year. But you know, there's certain reasons with certain people that they've they need to consolidate debt to improve cash flow. They may have young children, the cost of living is increasing. Mm. So people need that peace of mind. I'm paying $5,000 a month now with my home loan and my personal loan and credit card. I may be able to consolidate that debt and save thirteen dollars to $1,500 a month, which is fifteen grand a year. That covers their food shopping for the whole year. So they have that option to stretch out that debt to 30 years, improve their cash flow for now. And then once they overcome those hurdles of their cash flow, then they can maybe look to deposit those savings into offsets or back into yep. a redraw back on a loan. loan. You've mentioned cash flow, which is what I love because I know that's what we really embody here at SW Brokerage because fundamentally that's what it comes down to, right? Mm -hmm. We're seeing high inflation, interest rates are up, cost of living is up, equity has gone up, debt consolidation is something that people should look at. But to refinance, there may be other opportunities at the same time, right? So you don't have to look at it from a debt consolidation aspect, if you're looking at refinancing, you could be looking at other opportunities. Correct. So, so say, for example, someone's five years into a home loan, they've been able to establish you know, their, their house they bought for a million dollars and now it's worth $1.4 million, which is well within the realms of what the property market's doing. That means they've got equity in their property. So they may be able to look at improving their cash flow by refinancing their existing debt. They also may be able to take some cash out of that with the equity and they may look to invest that, whether it be shares or an investment property as well. That expands their portfolio. There's tax breaks within that investment property and things like that Through as well. Through the guidance of professionals that we align with. Of course, as you know, we would need to see a financial planner for, for that yeah. professional yeah. advice, accounts, things like that. But you know, what it is, is sometimes for clients, the value of the properties increased so much, they have a lot of equity. It's how do they get that into play? We can improve the cash flow on their existing owner-occupied property, which then allows them to be able to borrow more to, to look at buying investment property. And it just expands their whole portfolio and, and increases their, their wealth 
moving forward. Moving forward, yeah. I know that we do this quite a lot, is that we'll visit clients' existing rates ongoing every six to 12 months, Mm -hmm. and we'll reprice that back with their bank. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important to remember, Christian, as well, is that if the equity has gone up in the property, a lot of don't realize that if you've got equity, substantial more equity in your property, the banks can actually give you more of a discount in the interest rate. Is that right? Correct. So the beauty of being a broker is that we'll we'll consistently go to do prop, what's known as pricing on your interest rates. As the, the RBA passes on the interest rates, which they have done a lot in recent years, us as the broker, we'll go into the bank for you and, and, and negotiate rate reductions and do pricing for you where if you're just with an existing bank on your own, those rates will get passed on. A lot of clients will just generally just pay those increases and and accept it for what it is. I've, I've, I've recently did a, a refinance for a client who was paying 7.19 after their fixed rate finishes, and we were able to, to get them a rate of around 6.15. Part of that reason is that they'd also established equity in their property. So then they had a lower loan-to-value ratio, which is an LVR. So essentially, the lower the risk on the bank, the lower the LVR, the better the interest rate they can offer you. So they're all the tips and tricks that can help when you're speaking to a broker on, on how to get a better rate and how to tap into that equity, as well as the ongoing bonus of, yeah, cool. of, of us doing the pricing for you. It's really important that if you don't want to debt consolidate because you don't want to go back the way, because that's the, the stigma behind it, mm-hmm. if you're on a 25-year term, I know that we just gave that analogy before, if you've got a 25-year term, you've got a car loan or a credit card, if you are consolidating that into your house, you're eating away your equity, correct? Correct. But then when we break down the cash flow, if there's a substantial amount or if there is a surplus in the cash flow, you can still pay your mortgage as if it's a 25-year term, correct? Correct, yes. So you establish the client's cash flow, consolidate the debt with the savings they're making, they can still actually contribute that to their loan. Mm. The the two main methods, obviously, that there's a redraw facility and then you've got your offset facilities. So you know, it depends on the client, their mentality, how they want to look at um, setting that up, but both are beneficial and both can mm. save substantial interest charges in, in, the, in the years to come on their loan. Look, I know that you do specialise in many areas, but refinancing is one of your loves because you really get, you know, you, you, you roll the sleeves up and get in there with the clients. And it kind of goes back to the football analogy. It's consistently showing up and digging deep when yeah. things aren't going right for the client because you can empathise with that. You know, it's, yeah. it's a hard struggle, right, for well, people. I, I can't I can only empathise with from the football side of it with digging in and helping your teammates. It's more from a personal view as well, being a you know married man with, with three kids and trying to put my kids through school and, 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 it's and such. Act. It's a juggling act, cost of living, mm. food costs. Mm. So it's from a personal side as well where I, I, I can empathise with clients that yep. they can struggle and, and it's not something that, they yeah, need to do it alone. They need to do it alone. And, and a lot yeah. of people don't like to talk about it. There's a stigma about it as well as there was with football, with, with, with ex-players finishing and depression and things like that. It's like you're not alone. We're here to help and we yeah. want to help and we want to achieve the best result cool. financially we can to assist in that sense. Just to, to finish up on the refinancing area, because I know it's a topic of conversation, when someone goes to refinancing through a broker, what are some of the questions they should ask? Yeah, the top five questions to ask a broker is, are they qualified? Are they licensed? How long have they been in the industry for? Yep. Which lenders can they go to? Who's, who's on the panel of lenders that they can, they can do, go to? Am I eligible for refinancing? Mm. Have you been in a job for one week? Have you been in a job for five years? 
Have you changed industry? Are you yeah, on maternity leave? Equity? Is there equity in my property to be able to, to, to be able to do that? What documents will I need? How do we go about it? Getting the documents from the client could be consuming. We try to have a streamlined, simple process just to be able to get those documents and make that process as simple as possible. And sort of what sort of rate can I get? Can I fix it? What are my repayments? What am I vari- can I get a variable rate? What's the interest rate? How does how, it work? How does it work? How much can I save? Should I get a redraw? Should I get an offset account? So they're just five or six things that you should consider when you're speaking to the broker. A good broker should be able to elaborate on those options for you and, and provide you some really sound solutions. Good timeline? Good timeline. I, I mean, I guess the timeline for to getting a refinance done. It'll be quick. It could be very quick. It could be within 48 to 72 hours. Most lenders can turn a application around in about 48 hours. Yep. You know, another topic is obviously exploring that panel of lenders. It's all, it's all well and good to, to, to be looking at getting a home loan or looking to refinance, but you've just got to be wary of walking into a bank. Or online. Or, or, or online and, and it, you know, just seeing the best deal that's there. It's really important for the, for the client that they speak to the broker and explore the panel of lenders that they've got to really make sure that the banks have got the financial appetite to meet their goals. Look, the, the financial appetite can vary from bank to bank, so it's really important that the clients talk to us about their goals, their goals now, and what their goals are down in the future. Reason being is some banks will, will, will have an appetite to do what you want to do in the future, and some won't. So we really need to get a good understanding of what your goals are so we can plan out uh, the best lender to go to. So we covered the refinancing part, mate, so there's some awesome points there. I'm sure a lot of people get a lot of joy out of that. Mate, Guarantor, it's been around since for the last 20 years since I've been in the industry. I, I think it's completely so underestimated mm-hmm. in the magnitude of how much it can save people. For the listeners out there, for people looking at getting into the market, have good incomes, what is it, mate? Yeah, well, the family guarantor seems to scare people off, mm. but it's it's definitely not as, as daunting as how it's perceived. Yep. So generally a lot of the family guarantees we're starting to see now are, are too, you know, a couple on good income, they're renting, don't have the ability to save a 20% deposit. If you don't have a 20% deposit when you're looking to purchase a house, you have lender's mortgage insurance implications, which can be substantial. So with the family guarantee now, you have the ability to go to parents, siblings, and use their property as a security for the 20% deposit. So the bank would take a do a valuation on the the, the say the for example, the parent's property, if they had the 20% equity in the property, they would use that as security and that would save the first home buyers having to pay um, insurance. mortgage insurance, which, which can be up to $30,000, $40,000 uh, depending on the deposit. So can we just give the people listening as an example, if, if I had a son and daughter looking to buy a property, their first home buyers, really good incomes, mm-hmm. limited savings. If I had a property worth a million dollars and I owed five hundred thousand dollars, that means then I could then use that five hundred thousand equity that I have got mm-hmm. to help my child get into the property market by leveraging from my equity. Is that right? Exactly right. So the beauty of this as well is the way property prices have actually increased in the recent last three years. The last yeah. three years have been substantial. Some some parents may. Uh, use their property as the guarantee for their children to buy a property. But then within a couple of years, the bank will do another valuation on the house that the children have bought. 
And because they've established substantial equity in those few years, they straight Cut away, re- they release the, okay. the security on the property. So for the parents, it's not all that daunting. It may only be a couple of years that they have the guarantee, mm. the security over their home in regards to that parental guarantee. So I, we're doing a lot of this in this space now because there's, you know, some the couples are, are on good income, but they're paying a lot for rent. So they're not able to save. So it's really becoming apparent. It doesn't need to be couples though. Can it be two brothers or two sisters yeah. or two siblings? They can do that. So right? you can have siblings yeah, as okay. well. There's a, there's a few lenders now that are looking at having not just family as a guarantee, but as, as college, you know, friends, friends and things like wow. that as a guarantee as well. But that's huge. That's something that's looking to open up in the Down near the future. But they're the policies that we try and keep our finger on, finger on the pulse in so regards to that. One of the things when I was doing it quite a bit is that my suggestion here for any of the listeners is before you Google how it works, you know, obviously get an understanding, speak to Christian, get maybe mum and dad involved to do a face-to-face conversation as well. That's what I found would be really in breaking it down. And also before I forget is that the people that are going guarantor, the guarantees, the, 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 the couples, the kids, mm-hmm. really need to make sure that they've got adequate insurance in place to make sure, God forbid, if something did happen to them, mm-hmm. that there is things in place that the mortgage can c- continue to be paid and there's funds left over in the event mm-hmm. that there was a tragic death, they can pay out the mortgage without having to sacrifice mum and dad's property. Is that right? Oh, that's that's yeah. a massive part of it. And, and they're the steps that we like to put in place mm-hmm. as well in regards to you know recommending financial planner who can assist with those insurances. Yep. You know, I've done a recent family guarantee where it was the father's property and I sat down, had a coffee with him and, and just discussed, you know, how it works and the guarantee. And by the end of it, he was at ease with yeah. being able to help his yeah. kids and really relieved that he could help them at the same time Mate, as well. I, I, this is a bit of a topic for me. I, kind of, I, I find quite passionate purely because is that a lot of parents, a lot of kids think they need to get a deposit, a physical deposit mm-hmm. from mum and dad. Mm-hmm. That that can save mum and dad not doing that by mm-hmm. going guarantor. So mm-hmm. if I had that million dollar property and I owed five hundred, and my kids wanted to borrow six hundred thousand, mm-hmm. they can borrow the full six hundred thousand to purchase that property. Correct plus costs. Correct plus the cost of CS. So, yeah, so the bank would just effectively take a twenty percent security on the equity that's available in the parents' property. Yeah. So yeah, it, it depends on how much equity is available. But of course. Nine times out of 10, there yeah. is equity in the parent's property to be able to cover that 20% deposit. And if you're a first home buyer and your parents are in that position, mm-hmm. I think it's important that mum and dad still need to be working. Is that right? Not necessarily. Oh, wow. It's just a matter of having the, the yeah. security in the property. They do a means test where they need to see the financial snapshot of the parents. So they're not putting mum and dad in a financial position. Not putting position. them in a, in a financial yeah. position. But yeah, again, it's different credit policy for different banks, but they would generally want the snapshot of their final financial yep. situation. The one I didn't recently, the father had retired. He was just receiving income from his super, but had a, a great asset portfolio and it was there was no no concern at all. Look, for the listeners out there, the, the likelihood of interest rates coming down over the next couple of years and equity in properties, it's now, you know, now would be the right time to speak to a broker. Even if you don't have a dollar to save, albeit that the bank still like to see you have some kind of savings. Mm-hmm. But my suggestion would be get hold of Christian. He specializes in this area. But look, it's something that people should consider. Do yourself a favor, jump on our website, swbrokerage.com. Look up Christian's details. His mobile number, his email address is there. Flick him an email, give him a call. I know he's more than adequate to answer some of your questions. So 
Hey, Christian, thanks very much for coming in today, mate. You're a champion. My pleasure. Thanks, And, uh, mate, anyone that wants a signature of a playing card, get hold of us at Christian at SW Brokerage, Christian with a K, swbrokerage.com, and I'm sure you'll sign a few Adelaide United shirts. Before we leave, I know that you worked a little bit for Clive Palmer. Mm-hmm. What are two of the things that he taught you? I gained a good work ethic from playing football, but he was another level. He slept probably three hours a night, and he worked, and he was – he had, I think he, you know, his memory was unbelievable. It was almost like a photographic memory. I didn't learn anything about that. I wish I could, but his work ethic was another level, which shocked me how hard he worked. I think people get to that position for a reason. A lot of people bag maybe, you know, Clive, or we've take your personal opinion aside that he's a very wealthy man. But an interesting stat I heard during the week, Australians spend more time on planning their annual holidays than they do on their own finances. <laughs> Did you know that? Yeah. I know it's on our website, 365 days, or in this year, it's 366. So you've got an extra day to take off to then give yourself a call. Give me a call. Call us at SW Brokerage, and we'd love to speak to you. Perfect. Yeah. There you go. (laughs) My man. (laughs) See? We got there, didn't we, McGill? Thank you very much for listening. I really appreciate it. You can contact me on barry.wilkinson at swggroup.com.au. Or if you Google Statewide Wealth Group, Barry Wilkinson, that will come up and it'll show you the links on how to get to me. It's quite easy. Jump onto our website, if you like, in our blog section on Statewide Wealth Group. You'll find some wonderful blogs that we've recently put up, some tips and tricks and some information from my business partner in relation to the financial planning sector. Fire us any questions. There's an area within our website that you can ask us any questions that you like. And uh, feel free to subscribe to this podcast. If you can rate it, if you could, please, that would be really appreciative. And uh, feel free to send it amongst any friends and family. Thanks very much.